Bibles. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. A lot of verses I want to read tonight. I want to read 14 verses from this chapter. Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse number 1. The scripture says, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy basket, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the land, and the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, Thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the works of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. I'll stop reading there. But you can see the truth of the matter is God said, if you will serve me, I'll bless you. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for the word of God. I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as we try to rightly divide the word, that, Lord, it would be done by the Spirit of God's guidance, by his uh, leading. I pray tonight, Father, that the Spirit would just take control of me and control this service and preach to us tonight, Lord, and help us from the word of God. And for this we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want to preach on this thought from verse number five. There's many thoughts we could have tonight about thanksgiving and blessings. Verse number five, blessed shall be thy basket. I want to talk tonight about the blessings that God has put into our basket. No doubt in these 14 verses, God promises manifold blessings to those that are obedient. 
In verses 15 and so on, you can see that likewise, if you're disobedient and you're rebellious to his voice and his commandments, there's going to be a curse upon your life. In these verses, God is promising, verses 1 through 14, that he would open heaven and pour out his blessings upon us. Say amen if you could use the blessings of the Lord. Verse number 3, he said that there would be a blessing to those in the city and a blessing for those in the country. Look at it. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. That means a lot of different things, but I'm glad he has blessings for the city and blessings for the country folks. Say amen right there, man. Verse number four, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Of thy body. In other words, God said, I'll bless you with children. And not only I'll bless you with children, but I'm going to bless your children. And all that pertains to your household, God's going to bless you. Say amen. If God's blessed your youngins right before your very eyes, in spite of you, God's blessed. God's been good. And then in verse 5, blessed shall be the, thy basket and thy store. I started thinking about that this basket is a symbol of the child of God's life. I want to look, what are the stipulations that we receive this blessing? So in verse number 1 it says, If thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God. To hearken, what does that mean? Listen. The Lord said there's a blessing that you're going to receive if you will just hearken to the word of God, if you will listen. God said, I'll bless you. What about that? And not only will he bless you if you listen, but he'll bless you if you will live, look what he says, live this out, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. The Lord said, if you will live your life obedient to my voice, I will bless you. Now I want to say this tonight, and I need an amen right here. It is not hard to serve God. Well, preacher Darren, I don't know. Sometimes Jesus said, my yoke is easy. He said, my burden is light, amen. You know what he told us in the word of God? The way of a transgressor is hard. So it's hard to live for the world, hard to live for self and for pleasure, but it's not hard to live for God, amen. Thank God for that. Now, I got to thinking about the basket, so I, I brought one all over my house. My wife has got baskets. She just loves baskets, and sometimes her love for baskets may absolutely drive me crazy because we just seem to have baskets everywhere. This is a beautiful basket right here. Don't you agree? You better say amen. She might be watching. Beautiful basket. And I got to thinking about some things about the basket. The Bible says, blessed shall be thy basket. Let's talk about the basket for a second. It's very common. This basket is not made of expensive, ornate things. This one's made out of straw. It's made out, some, I've got one at the house that's made out of sticks. Some are just made out of grass. Some, some are made out of twigs, just common things. And that basket represents me. There's not much to me. I'm a sinner, a lowly, common, ordinary. And the Lord said, I'm going to take your basket, and if you'll serve me, and if you'll look to me, I'm going to fill your basket. I'm going to bless your basket. I'm going to take care of that which is common is going to be that which is extraordinary. It's going to be that which is valuable, that which is wonderful to me. What about that? 
Not only is this basket something that's common, but it's created. It had to have a strategy. I've go to these fairs and you'll see those basket weavers working and they work uh, calculating, having a strategy, how they're going to interloop and interweave everything. And may I say that it was done so that we might have something that's useful. Tonight, God's been weaving and working in our lives. He's been equipping us. He's been protecting us. Uh, just, uh, just this week, I heard a testimony of a dear friend who said that uh, we were to be in Charlotte this last Saturday and some things delayed us from getting to leave on time early like we wanted to. And we didn't get to, late, didn't get to leave till closer to noon. And we were very upset that we weren't getting to leave when we wanted to leave. And, but the, the things back at home just dictated that we had to delay leaving. And then when we got to Charlotte, everybody came running out saying there was an active shooter. And had we not been delayed, we would have been in there at the very time that was going on. You see, what was happening was God was weaving and working in their life to protect them and to take care of them. Say amen tonight if you see the interweaving of the Lord's work in your life right there. He may be weaving things in there you don't like. Maybe there's a pattern in there that you don't really like. You'd rather it be herringbone rather than wishbone. I don't know, but, but God has a plan. God has a strategy for your life and for mine that we might be that vessel, uh, that earthen vessel that might be used to be pleasing of God. Not only is it created, but it has a cause. You know why baskets are made? So they can carry something. I got to thinking about how sometimes at, at uh, come Christmas time we send out uh, fruit baskets. There'll be a little basket at the bottom. And, and every time the elderly folks that get them or the widow or the widowers that get them, they're more excited about the apples and the, and the bananas and the oranges in there. They're more excited about that than they are about the basket. I've yet to see somebody go running all over the yard and say, Woo, look at my basket! Look at my basket! Instead, they appreciate the fruit. Well, down in this basket, I put something that uh, I pay attention to. It's another basket. It's called a goodie basket. Look at it. It's got little Debbie cherry pies. Oh, how I love to warm them. And Luke's favorite little, I'm telling you, I told Miss Carrie that Luke had a crush on another girl. She got so upset. Turns out it was little Debbie. <laughs> Payday bars, snicker bars, amen. And listen, we seldom get excited about the basket, right? We get excited about the goodies that are in the basket. Honey, what I'm trying to tell you is God has blessed you with a fabulous basket God's given you a life and a testimony for His glory. And then look what He's added to you. Do you hear me? He's added His blessings upon your life. Fruit in your life. Goody baskets. That's what you have tonight. Glory to God. I feel like running, amen. I may take off in a minute. God's blessed us and added to us just because He wants to. Thank God for that tonight, amen. Now, I get to thinking running the reference on the word basket in the word of God. And man, they're everywhere. I just want to use just a couple. In the book of Genesis, chapter 40. Oh, no, here we go. We're going to, run the, going to run the rabbit. Yes, we are. In Genesis, chapter number 40, we see Joseph. He's thrown in jail. 
He's thrown in jail because Potiphar's wife has slandered him and lied on him, and now the boy's in jail. But the Lord was with him in the prison cell. And while he was there, in comes the butler and the baker of Pharaoh. And the next day, the Bible says that they were sad. And Joseph went and said, why are you sad? And the butler said, I had a dream. I don't know what it means. And the baker said, I've had a dream, but I don't know what it means. And Joseph says, do not interpretations belong to God? And the butler said, well, let me tell you, I had a dream about a vine. And from that vine came three branches. And from the three branches were clusters of grapes. I took the clusters of grapes in my dream and I began to press them. And I made a cup and it filled the cup with that juice and I put that into the hand of Pharaoh. What does that mean? Joseph said, the Lord says that in three days you're going to be restored to your office of butlership and you're going to go back to serving Pharaoh as you used to. And when you go back in three days, remember me that I'm innocent and they've put false charges on me. Remember me when you're restored. Well, the baker gets excited with that good news and the baker says, man, I had a dream too. Tell me what it means. Look with me in verse 16, Genesis 40. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And the uppermost basket, and in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What does it tell me? Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from, thee, from, from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off of thee. The first time we see a basket in the Word of God is it is the first time it pertains to the message. There is a message in the basket. And I want to say tonight, thank God for the message that God sent us to the basket. Preacher, what do you mean? I was a sinner. I had sinned against the king. For that, I was bound in sin's prison. There was no hope for me. Hanging over my head was a sentence of death. This message was delivered to my basket. Thank God for the night that I found out I was lost and in need of a Savior. And when I heard the message, I repented of my sins. And I called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, believing the gospel, that he died on the tree. Do you see, where, listen, where did that baker die? He's going to be hung on the tree. Jesus said, I've hung on the tree in your place that you don't have to go. If you'd repent and believe me, I'd save you and forgive you. Amen. And I, Lord of God, I'll give you, I'll give you blessings to your basket. Thank God there was a message came to my basket and the Lord saved my soul. Amen. In Judges chapter number 6, we see second of all, 
we see the ministry in a basket. The ministry. Preacher Daniel, what do you mean? Well, Judges chapter number 6 tells us that uh, Israel was impoverished. Israel was in captivity to Midian. They had been there a number of years. I believe it was seven. And according to verse 11 of Judges chapter 6, there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now if you're threshing wheat, you would want to do it in a place where the wind is very subject to blow. Most time you would thresh wheat upon the top of a hill. But Gideon, being a man of no courage, Gideon went down to thresh wheat in the wine press in the valley low where there was no wind because he's trying to hide. He didn't want the Midianites to see him and he didn't want them to take his uh, of wheat that he was threshing. And the Bible says while he's doing that, the angel of the Lord, which I believe to be the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, showed up on the scene and verse number 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I know Gideon had to look around and say, Who, who, who me? You, 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 you talking to me? Mighty man of valor, I'm hiding out in the wine press. I have no courage. I'm very afraid. You talking to me? The angel of the Lord said, The Lord's with you. I guess he was. He's standing right there with him. He said, the Lord is with me. Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? In other words, are we in captivity? Why are we in captivity? Where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? God said to your basket, I'm giving you a ministry. I'm sending you forward with the message to share with the world. You are going to be a witness and a testimony and you I'm going to use to deliver Israel. And he said unto him, Oh my Lord, Wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Now watch old Gideon here. He said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. I know I asked the Lord for many a sign when God's called me to preach. God, would you do this? God, would you do that? And I'm telling you, he did a lot of things to show me. One night, my dad laying flat of his back in a coma after three surgeries. Been in the hospital 35 days in a coma. Said, we don't know, he's in the hands of his maker now. Man, I was up reading the scripture, had my Bible, standing up over him, reading about the woman with the issue of blood. 
who touched the hem of his garment as he passed by. And I said, God, if you'll raise my daddy up, I know he's sick because of my disobedience. I know the curse is upon me because I'm rebellious to what you've said to do. If you'll heal him before my eyes, God, I'll go tell everybody I see. I'll tell them what you've done. And while I said it, his hand came out from underneath the sheet and he began to reach up in the thin air and he grabbed a hold of something and his other hand came up and he opened his eyes and he said, praise God, son. Right before my eyes, you may say, preacher, there's no way. You wasn't there, I was. I said, dad, he said, praise God, son, I'm so much better. Right before my eyes, the Lord raised him up. And I went home and I said, boy, praise God. Thank you, Lord. I know you've called me. Now show me another sign. Y'all ever do that? Lord, I was reading there in the Old Testament. Lord, I want you to send a windstorm to blow that tree in my yard over. Lord, I want you to crack the ground open so I know it. Let it get so dry or let the earth part so I know, God, that, that it's you that the earth is cracked open, Lord. Lord, let there be a fire in the woods back there behind me. Lord, I'll know it's you. And the night that I surrendered, the preacher took the text, how Elijah went up on the, was dis disobedient, went up into the cave, and the Lord said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And Elijah came out, and he said there was a great windstorm, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. He said the earth quaked, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. He said the fire was around, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. Then the sound of a still, small voice. And there's your sign, he said. Some of you have been praying for a sign. And it's that voice that keeps talking to you and talking to you. The Lord is with you and he's talking to you. Honey, right then I knew. Right then I knew. This is it for me. Now I'm telling you at the end of that invitation, I started to go and I said, Lord, one more thing. My wife's not here tonight. Lord, I, I'll wait till tomorrow when she's here. And God said, if you don't surrender tonight, your wife that got mysteriously sick before service will have been taken away. Your daughter, which is one or two years old, will be taken away. I'll chop your arm off. I'll cut your legs off in the curve right down here up beside a plant called Steelcase. You're going to preach to me because I've called you to do it. I said, God... I'm going right now. Will you go with me? And when I bowed there and surrendered my life to the priest, I said, God, never let me doubt this moment. Let me tell people what God did for my daddy. Guess what? I just told you, folk, what God did for my daddy. Let me tell them about a God who whispers and you can't get away from him. And I'm telling y'all about it right now. Amen. God put ministry in my basket and sent me to these kind people and you people in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. And we've become like-minded in that God has put in your basket a ministry to go out and testify and share with the lost and dying world how Jesus has changed your life and Jesus is the only solution. Amen. Hallelujah for it. Amen. I got up that night from surrendering. Walked up broken to the pulpit. They tell me I preached. I don't even remember that part. All I remember was when I asked God, never let me doubt it and let me have power with you. God, show me a sign. You know what he did? A boy came to the altar and got saved as soon as I finished. And then another boy hit the other side and he surrendered to preach too. 
I'm just telling you, that's what God will do for us. He'll bless our baskets if we get obedient to the voice of God. You need to listen to it. Honey, you listen to everything else. You listen to ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN. You've got notifications on your phone so you don't miss nothing. Beep, 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 beep. Look, and you, you're going to be the first person to know. Honey, let me give you a notification tonight. You need to listen to the voice of God. We spend time listening to God. Amen. Well, I got to get back to my text. The Bible says in verse 18, Gideon said, Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. What about that? The Lord was waiting on Gideon. He don't wait for many people. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid, unleavened cakes of flour, unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour, the flesh he put in a, in a basket and put the broth in a pot and he brought it out unto, unto him under the oak and he presented it. I underlined that word, he present, those words he presented it. Can you just imagine, y'all? He's prepared what he had. That's what God wants from you. He wants what you have. He don't want what somebody else has. He wants what you have. And when he came, he went to the Lord. He said, Lord, here's my basket. And he presented it to the Lord. And the Bible says, look with me. The Bible says, and the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes and there arose up fire out of the rock. How many of y'all know that rocks don't usually have fire in them? Hey man, you went to school to learn that, didn't you? <laughs> Sometimes we think, well, he did it with the tip of his step. No, no, no. As soon as he put it down, woof, and it consumed it. God consumed what he had. He used what he had and made it a blessing. We know that God would go on to use Gideon to raise 32,000 men. And he said, you got too many. Tell the ones that's afraid to go home. Gideon said, well, I doubt anybody's going to go home. Look at these mighty warriors. 22,000 said, we're going home. When he said, if you're afraid, go home. I don't know if there was COVID in the land or what, but 22,000 people was afraid to go to church, and they went home. 10,000 was left. About a third, a little less than, of his army is all he's got left. And Gideon says, now, Lord, what am I going to do now? I'm going to fight with a, a third of what I had. God said, you still got too many. Cut them down. Let me show you. Take them to the water. The ones that, that lap like a dog with their head, that's the ones I want. And I'm telling you what, they had 300 men, less than 1%. And God won a great victory with less than 1%. You know what? If we would obey the voice of God and do what he says, how many times has he told you to testify? How many times has he told you to sing? How many times has he given you something you need to share? But you sat on it and missed what God had for you to do. God has ministry in the basket. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, I want you to see the miracle in the basket. The miracle in the basket. In John chapter 6, there's a great company of people. 
they've been listening to the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says unto his disciples, they're hungry. Yes, they're starved to death. Well, give them something to eat. Well, there ain't no Walmart around. There's not McDonald's. There's not Burger King, so you can have it your way. They're in the wilderness. They're in a desert place. They're, they, they were in a place that was little there, nothing there really. They said, go out and ask. What do you have to feed a multitude? They went out and asked everybody, you have anything? Do you bring anything? You got anything? And one little fellow, I can just see him. I've watched these, God laid his message on my heart. I was watching kids come into school with their little lunchbox. Their little lunchbox. I could just see little Charlotte coming with her little lunchbox, coming into school. She got just a few loaves, just a few fishes, just enough to feed her. And all that's all she needs. And here this little boy was, out that crowd that day. Maybe his mama's got issues at home. Maybe they're facing heartaches, difficulties, problems. And the little boy went out to hear Jesus preach. And he thought, I'm going to go pray for my mama. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my daddy. And while he's there, somebody said, hey, do you have anything to eat? Anybody got anything to eat? And the little boy said, I do. I've got five loaves and two fish. Here's my basket. They took his little lunch pail, got him by the hand, walked up through there and said, Lord, there's a lad here that has five loaves and two fishes. Presented it to him. But what are they among so many? The Lord said, make them to sit down. 5,000 men. Now, I don't know if they was all married, but if they was, 5,000 women. I don't know if they all had children, but if they did, 5, 10, maybe 15,000 children. Can you imagine what a crowd it was? And the Lord took the basket. Hallelujah. And my Bible says, look at the specific verse. John chapter 6. Verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, amen, he's given thanks to the Father for the provisions and the supply that God has sent in, and he distributed to his disciples, and they took to all those that were sent down, and the Bible says they were all filled. And when they were, he says, verse number 13, he, or verse 12, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Verse 13, Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now just imagine, came in with a little lunchbox and gave it to the Lord and it fed 5,000 men, all the women, all the children. The disciples go back out the word baskets here is the word kafinas or kafinas. It means it's size of a man, coffin, size of a man. That's how big they were. And it filled 12 baskets full. And what do you think they did with that? I, I don't really know what they did with it. I don't know if they put it on the boat with them. And Judah says, we're not going to let anything go bad. We're not going to waste anything. I'm going to get money for it. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to give it away. But the Bible says, if you will give... If we'll give that unto those that give, it shall be. I just wonder if the little boy said, here's my lunchbox. And the Lord blessed it. Fell in people said, now, take this home to your mama. Twelve baskets full of bread. 
And I wonder if he didn't say, you backslid disciples, you carry it for him. And they got to the house, and the little boy threw the door open and said, Hey, Mama, I went down there to pray and ask God's blessing upon our home, and I gave the Lord my lunch, and look what he gave me. Twelve baskets full. You say, Preacher Darren, that's twelve times what he had. No, it's not. He had one little bitty lunchbox. He's got twelve Kathina-sized baskets full. It's probably more than a hundred times that's what God has added to your basket. God has given you a hundred times more than you'd ever ask for. <laughs> Boy, don't you know that it just pays to serve God? You say, preacher, I can't afford to give him my lunch. Honey, you can't afford not to give him your lunch. Glory to God, i got to move on. But I'm just saying, that's a miracle in the basket. Some of you tonight, you're needing a miracle. I've been praying. I told y'all Sunday, I've been praying, God, we're in need of a miracle. Lord, I'm in need of a miracle right now. And God just got me honed on in, in on this. And he said, you know what? You'll get one. So you just give me your basket. You do what I say. You preach what I say. You preach what I say. You be obedient to my voice. And you watch what I'll do. And I'll give it to you a hundred times over. You may say, preacher, you've lost your mind. I remember when I was pastoring a church in Henderson County, and we was doing, we went from 23 to 200 something, and it made no sense when God said leave. We didn't even have a good fight going on. There was no whispering. God said leave. Leave your public job where I was working full time. God said go full time in the ministry. How am I going to go full time, God, if I quit my job and I quit my church? Y'all looking at me like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Then you try it. You try. You just walk, go tomorrow, tell your boss I'm done, and say I'm, I'm going to quit where I, just, and see how it works out. You'll do some head scratching. You, you'll do some weeping. You'll, they'll, 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 you better pray that thing out. And you know what God did? In the first year that I came here, as I, I just where I preached revival, where I preached in this church, God saved 101 in one year's time. God said, I'll give you, if you leave father, mother, you leave lands, you leave houses, you leave it behind for my name's sake, I'll bless you a hundred times over in this life. In this life. And then with the world to Y'all look at me like I've lost my mind. But I'm telling you, if you want the miracle of God, you can have it. But it may take some faith. That's where I'm really wrestling right now, amen. Hallelujah. Here, Seth, have a payday bar. Amen. Now, I want to turn to one more and I'll be done. You'll say, thank God. The book of Acts chapter 9. The book of Acts chapter 9. We see a man by the name of Saul who hated the church. He persecuted the church openly. And one day, with letters in his hand, on his way to Damascus, a great light shined. He fell off the beast onto his face in the Damascus dirt. And the Lord spoke to him. And Saul looked up and said, Lord, Lord, amen. I'm telling you, right there in that place, Saul got saved. He said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Lord, he said, what would you have me to do? Go down to the house of Ananias, and it will be told you 
what you'll do. And three days he was had scales on his eyes. And Ananias, amen, prayed for him, laid his hands on him. And the old boy, thank God, he got baptized. The scales fell off his eyes and he come out of there preaching. And the people he used to work for, they hated him. Not only they start persecuting him, the him, but in Acts chapter 9, verse 23, after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down the wall in a, in a basket. Not only do we see the message in the basket and the ministry in the basket and the miracle in the basket, but now I'm looking, I'm seeing the man of God in the basket. What about that? They protected him. They prayed for him. They, they, they knew that God was going to do something special with him. May I say this tonight? God, in my basket, has sent some courageous men into my life. Men who were not afraid to preach the truth. Hell hot, heaven sweet, preaching with a heaven sent backbone. Dr. Percy Ray is a man of God. It was in my basket when the Lord sent him with a message and I got saved when he preached. And Percy didn't save me, but he's the one God used to skin me out. And I'm glad he didn't say that night, Lord, I pray you have me excused. I'm not going to stand anymore. I quit. Thank God there's a man of God in my basket by the name of Percy Ray. And thank God for J. Harold Smith. And thank God for Roy Waldrop. Thank God for Leonard Fletcher. Thank God for some men in this church that have been a blessing and inspiration in my life. You ought to not say, you know what, I want to thank God that there is a man of God who is willing, when it was not popular, when the woke crowd said, shut up, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore, that the man of God said, I'm going to preach it, and if it hair lips the devil, I'm going to preach what Jesus says. Thank God for it tonight, that there are some men of God that stood and preached to you in your basket. Now, it may very well be tonight in your basket that there are some difficulties. You, we've preached tonight about blessings and goody baskets and fruit baskets. But now there may be some things tonight that there are hardships and difficulties and troubles and trials in your life. And, and you want those things removed because you can't see that they are a blessing. It seems like they're an obstacle and you want rid of them out of your basket. You've been trying to pitch them out. You've been trying to cull them out. You know, I think about Joseph's life where we started. And when his boys, when his brothers throwed him there in that pit, I probably would have been the one to try to get him out of the pit. I would have been the one to try to get him out of that prison. I'd been the one to try to get him out of that pain. But if I would have done that, I would have cheated all the nations of seeing that God is the one God that could deliver the nation of Israel when no other could. I think I would have pulled David out of the situation where Saul was throwing javelins at him and how, how David, God's man, was trying to hide out in the caves. I, I, I think how he was rejected by his own son Absalom. I think I would have tried to pull him out of that situation. But if you would have, you would have cheated Israel out of a, a king that has God's heart in mind. What about Esther being snatched away from her only family 
being, being placed into a position she never asked for. She's the queen, and she's facing Haman, who's a, who's a power-hungry, vicious foe coming against her. I, I would like to remove her from that situation, from that hardship, but if I would have, I would have cheated the people out of a woman that God used to spare the entire nation. I think about Jesus, his suffering, his shame, his humiliation off the cross. You may say, I would like to take him out of the suffering, out of the pain, out of the nakedness, out of the beatings. I would like to remove the nails and the thorns, but I would have cheated the world out of the Savior. I would have cheated you out of salvation had it not been for the difficulties and the hardships in his life. We'd have never got saved. We'd have been cheated out of an eternity in heaven with no more suffering and no more pain. I say it right now. There's some of you. I know that you've had death in your home. And I know that there's sickness abounding. And I know that there's pain and there's problems. I've mentioned many in our prayer list. And I'd like to pull you out of it. I'd like to change your path. I'd like to stop your pain. But if I did, I might be wrong in doing so. I might be cheating you out of so much good God's wanting to do in your life and a testimony to a lost and dying world of what he can do. God knows the good your pain's going to produce. God knows how the beauty of this, of the beauty of this hardship is going to grow in your life. May I say that right now, he's watching over you. And this difficulty and this hardship, you can trust him with it. He has your good in mind if you trust him. So instead of pulling you out, I want to lift you up. I want to lift you up to him. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. I want to say, God, would you take their basket, their testimony, their witness, their walk with you. God, would you touch them. God, would you help them. God, would you protect them. And when the time is right, Lord, then would you take the pain. Then would you take the shame. Then would you take the hardship. Then would you take the trial. All I want to say this tonight, church, the Bible says that God would bless your basket. And I believe tonight he's done it, he's doing it, and he wants to do it even more if we take the time to let him. You stand to your feet tonight. Maybe there's somebody here you ought to be grateful for the hardship, grateful for the suffering, maybe grateful for the blessing, grateful for the goodness of the Almighty. Tonight I'm asking you, would you need to, Come to this altar and say, God, sometimes I'm, I, I'm more enthused by the goodies and the fruit. Amen. Not the blessor. And Lord, I've missed that tonight. Would you come? Would you come? Folks are moving. Thank God for y'all. Thank God for y'all. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Our Father and our God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We ask tonight your blessing, God, be upon your people. Lord, we take tonight, God, these, Lord, and we lift them up to you. God, we lift their hands up. We lift their needs up. We lift up their, we lift up their trials, their hardships, their difficulties, their suffering, their pain, their grief, their agony. God, would you help them tonight? 
Lord, their families going through bereavement. God, the pain is so real to them. God, would you comfort them? Lord, there are others that have cancer, broken bones. Lord, I pray tonight, God, you'd help them with the power of grace in the middle of this situation. God, I pray for a heart tonight, God, that does not know peace in this hour. All they know is distress and worry. God, I lift them up to you. God, would you, Lord, I feel that. God, would you help them? God, would you deliver them? God, you allowed this in their life for a reason. God, would you encourage them? God, I pray for somebody, not God, that struggle with patience, waiting on God. God, they've trusted you for salvation. They can trust you with this as well. You will work it out for their good. Give them that, Lord, I pray. Give them a token of good. Show them, God, that you are working in their life and you will turn this trial to a blessing. Lord, I ask now you'd help us and we give you glory and we give you praise for the many blessings you've given and sent into our life. For this we pray and ask your blessing and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.